reason, right? And so I was thinking about, like, we could come up with, like, some kind of segment where it's, like, uh, like a small segment of, like, oh, these are, like, the, like, series you should, like, look back at. You know, like, these are, like, the rewatchable, like, NBA playoff series in the past. You know, like, not necessarily, like, all time, just, like, the time that we've started watching NBA. So, like, mid-2000s onwards. These are, like, the critical series. Yeah, I, I like that idea. And with that, let's hop right into the podcast, everybody. Welcome back to another great episode of Hard in the Paint podcast, the NBA podcast, where we ask the hard questions about the NBA. I am your host, Matt. And again, I'm joined by none other than Michael. Today, we've got a great pod for you. Uh, most notably, it doesn't talk about LeBron or Golden State predominantly. So uh, we'll go over some of the quick headlines going on in the league. And then we're going to talk about three small forwards, power forwards, that uh, that might need some, some trading action going on in this offseason. Um, but first, let's just jump right into some of the, the updates that have happened since the last time we've conversed with our audience so a lot of head coaching changes have gone on uh, most notably uh, and most recently i think is wayne casey from the number one seed toronto raptors that just got fired is now the detroit pistons head coach coach of the year dwayne casey coach of the year dwayne casey what, what other crazy coaching changes do we got uh, so another one I really like is Milwaukee picking up Budenholzer from Atlanta. I think that's a good, uh, good fit. I think that's a way to build a team. Uh, if you look at what he had in Atlanta in that 2014, 15 season, uh, nobody had the potential like Giannis. Um, and there's still a lot of talent on that Milwaukee team that really needs, uh, to grow. Um, you know, Brogdon at the, uh, point guard Jabari, Tom Maker. I mean, there's a lot of good talent that I think Budenholzer can get them to the next level. Um, you know, maybe in that one to five East seed. Uh, another coach uh, I like, Fisdale in New York. I think it's going to be a fun season. Uh, it may not be the greatest thing. Um, I think the Knicks job is probably the hardest job in the NBA right now um, to get a title at least. Uh, so Fizz might be a, at least a fun experiment. They'll at least play some defense. Um, obviously, KP's got that ACL comeback. Um, another interesting one, I think, is Orlando. Uh, they brought in Steve Clifford. So my guess is they're going to tank. Um, but at least, at least in terms of uh, new head coaches like, or familiar coaches in different spots, some of those are some of the highlights. Yeah, what I guess they got rid of Frank Vogel, so he's up on the market for some other team that may or may not lose their head coach. How do you feel about Chicago? Chicago for Frank Vogel instead? No, of... just yeah, like Chicago still has their coach, right? Like, yeah, you think he's you think this is kind of like the last year where he's on? Uh... I don't think so. I think they actually. I think for what that team is kind of starting to build into, I think they actually want him there. I think he's got a little more of that Steve Kerr sort of ball movement, shooting threes philosophy. 
I think it, in the long run, it's not going to pan out for him. But I think it has some promise. Um, just to just to go over some of the other coaches, um, you already mentioned uh, Fizdale with the Knicks. I know there's a little bit of a LeBron connection there that people are talking about. Um, the other really notable one is uh, the Phoenix coach that this was announced a little a uh, couple months ago, but uh, Igor Kokosikov, uh, he is the one of the coaches that has coached uh, Luka Doncic, the potential number two draft pick now. Um, so that's pretty noticeable. And Charlotte, to replace Steve Clifford, uh, hired James Borrego. I don't know him. And then Atlanta hired Lloyd Pierce to replace um, Mike Hood and Holzer. So, yeah. 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 I mean, you got a bunch of uh, assistant coaches. Uh, I think Borrego's from the Spurs, kind of Popovich branch. Um, and I think Pierce uh, moved up from kind of the same same thing. And then Nick Nurse is uh, following Dwayne Casey as an assistant. Um so let's jump into uh, wild off-season speculation, rumor, you know, the, the fun. Yeah, so <laughs> if, if you haven't been watching the TV, you probably shouldn't because there's a lot of just ridiculous trades and propositions that are going out left and right. I don't, I mostly just to fill up airtime, I think, at this point. But uh, one of the most ridiculous ones is Anthony Davis to Golden State Warriors. Now, uh, not only is this just the financials are just haywire and all of this, but uh, this would just totally break the NBA by any regards. <laughs> I mean, the big complaint for the uh, the Warriors, right, in the finals was uh, maybe they're getting too old, right? Maybe their bench is a little too old um, and they have too many centers. So I think what they're going to do is dump the centers, dump some of the vets, get Anthony Davis, and you solve both problems, right? <laughs> you only need a seven-man rotation in the finals. It's just uh, for the rest of the season, you need uh, 13. So, <laughs> And then, of course, I'm sure you all have been hearing about the LeBron sweepstakes, otherwise known as the less sweepstakes. Um, all sorts of things are going out left, right, and center. Every day, people's opinions are changing. Uh, they even put out a Vegas odds list for where LeBron's going to go in the offseason. And uh, most notably, some of the few that have been sort of rising in popularity the past few days have been both the Spurs and the Pelicans, which is interesting because uh, neither of those are really in the, the big three we were talking about a month ago. Yeah, I, I do like the Spurs. Uh I think if Popovich stays around, that's a good fit. He's got a really good track record of elongating careers um, while being a contender for the title. Um, if they re-sign Kawhi, that'd be nice because it kind of takes a burden off LeBron a little bit. I think Kawhi with LeBron uh, and LaMarcus, Kawhi gets an MVP. I mean, you know, Kawhi kind of flushes out the rest of that um awards cabinet right defensive player of the year finals mvp regular season mvp lebron gets finally another good coach i mean spolcher is probably the best he's had um he gets another shot at the title you know the but you know does he want to kind of go down to san antonio i don't know 
It's a nice change of pace from the uh, the Houston Lakers Sixers talk that was kind of making its way around for the fifth time this week. Uh, I personally am a huge fan of this Pelicans deal that could it works out money wise to keep all of their all stars. And uh, that would that's my favorite one right now. But you know who the heck knows? I think. I think his family is going to play a bigger role than most people are expecting. Um, one of the other guys going around for a different spot is the Paul George sweepstakes. There's some talk that he can join LeBron in uh, LA. There's some talk that he can even join Houston. There's some talk that he can even join the Pelicans. So, uh, what do you think about Paul George right now? Uh, I think Paul George is a good second option on a team. I don't know if I'd build around him. Um, and so for that reason, like, I don't see him going to the Lakers unless LeBron or Kawhi happen to go there. Um, I do like Paul George in Houston. I think he gives um, everything Houston's looking for, three-point shot, the defense, uh, someone to kind of at least play KD to um, somewhat of a standstill, um, kind of, you know, can handle the ball so he can take some of that pressure off. Chris Paul, so we can reduce Chris Paul's minutes to maybe like 30, 31, you know, a game, um, kind of alleviate the, those injury problems that he's always had in the playoffs, uh, take the burn off Harden a little bit. Um, and even though they might lose some of these other guys like Capella, and Trevor Ariza, I think you gain a lot more with Paul George being in the lineup. It'll just be interesting to see what Houston does with Capella, because I think he's a little more crucial than and what the the, uh, the general analysis is of him. Uh, What's, like, who's got the bigger upside, though? Paul George or Clint Capella on that team? I just have a really hard time uh, putting together a 13-man squad and not having a center. Yeah. There are, there are two uh, primary ball handlers on this team, and you got Mike D'Antoni coaching. I feel like that could really just screw you in a matchup somewhere. Like if if you went, you play that team, and let's say you get stuck with the Pelicans in the first round, I'm not I'm not so sure who wins that anymore. Uh, what if they What if they convince Javale McGee also come to Houston? They pay him a little bit more than they do at Golden State. I think they have a better like getting Andrew Bynum out of retirement. <laughs> All right. Uh, so another guy on the on the. Almost seems like every year now, uh, on the trading kind of talk is uh, Boogie. Um, maybe some rumors of him pairing up with John Wall, a little bit of a Kentucky connection in Washington. Um, the guy that gets shipped out would be Otto Porter Jr. Um, how do you feel about uh, Otto Porter being in New Orleans as well as Boogie being in Washington? You know, Otto Porter is. The money-wise, it almost works out, which is kind of sad because you don't really think of Otto Porter as a superstar. But I feel like on the Pelicans, he would have a very great role. Uh, he really fills that uh, small forward spot that they need. Some good three and D type guy. Um, and right now, we still have this very questionable return of Boogie. You know, Killers tears are rough on big men, as we all know. So. They could they could get a nice steal if they can uh, you know trade Boogie in under the carpet for someone else. So we'll yeah, see. But the, the one thing I really like about Otto Porter is that he's going to have a sensational season next year. 
because Michael Porter Jr. is coming into the league. So now he's got to actually prove himself just to keep his own name. Uh, Kevin Love in Utah, um, pairing up with Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio, uh, Rudy Gobert, and maybe a Joe Ingles. Um, I, I kind of like this. On paper, Kevin Love in Utah. I don't think it's really enough to get him. I think Kevin Love needs to be on a on a title contending team. He's only like 29 or 30 years old, um, so he's he's pretty much in his prime. But he is a bit of a slower guy, and I think that just, that team gets too slow with uh, Kevin Love and Gobert. I, I got problems having him out on the floor too. I mean, I know you got Gobert to kind of pick up the defensive slack, but uh, that's a team that's now got a defensive identity. And uh, then you'd have to take Jay Crowder back, and we know how that worked out the first time. Uh, another another talks coming around are Dame possibly leaving, and we kind of already addressed most of those uh, challenges in our uh, couple pods ago about where Dame could go. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the best case for both him and uh, the the franchise is for him to be in Portland um, and figure out how to full talent in, you know, it's a, it's a good basketball city. So you don't want to see talent leave like LaMarcus. Um, draft uh, upcoming next week. We've got some different types of uh, coverage, some special guests. Uh, and the World Cup starts tomorrow um, with the debut of Russia fixing its first match and the bandwagon for England and Belgium and Sweden beginning. Really, Russia is colluding in the World Cup? Is that what I'm hearing? Eh, I mean, why not? I mean, most likely they might face Spain, and Spain just fired their coach. So I'm not, not rolling it out. Well, we'll take a short break here to inform you all about the wonderful thing known as the UHP. So you may or may not be a student in your in your time at university, but you should consider joining your local university honors program. The UHP is a living and learning community of of people just like you, of overachieving, middle class, browbeating uh, socialists in your local college. Uh, you know, it sounds just like our our audience here. Uh, you know, if if our audience is those kinds of people that that love you know teachers' pets, uh, cis white men. Or a surplus of hot air, this this program is the perfect place for you. Uh, they formally specialized in uh, a hybridization of your typical STEM classes and your chess classes, and they made this beautiful mixture. But but now it's even more of a a circle jerk about history and and the social arts. So with over ninety student completed capstone projects and thirty seminars and twelve valedictorians. The UHP offers a cornucopia of accolades that people just love to throw on the resumes and rub in other people's faces. So for just hundreds of hours of extra coursework and projects and stress, you too can graduate with a slightly lower GPA, a fancy medal, and uh, probably actually a decent group of, of friends that you meet along the way. Um, but wait... There's more to this this deal. Uh, if you join your local UHP and your for this upcoming seminar and for this upcoming semester, you too can be uh, managed by a constant revolving door of supervisors and counselors 
due to your program not ever getting enough funding from your main university. So come on down and uh, fill out an application for your local university honors program where your freshman dreams are all that people care about and uh, your GPA doesn't matter. And tell them we sent you. And so with that, uh, let's get into our first of our triple play of trades going on here. That is Andrew Maple Jordan Wiggins of the Minnesota Timberwolves. As we all know, the Timberwolves actually made the playoffs this year for the first time in, in a very, very long time. Wiggins was a part of the, the supposed big three of that Minnesota team, him, Towns, and the newly acquired Jimmy Butler. However, Wiggins often got a lot of the ad press and publicity for kind of not keeping up his end of the big three bargain. So tell us how how Wiggins gets gets spicy in this offseason. Uh, I think this might be a situation of good player, just not the right team, not the right fit. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, Thibodeau being at the top, defensive-minded coach, um, sort of grinds on the players a little bit, and that's why you have to bring in these vets like Butler, Derrick Rose, Todd Gibson, like his Chicago guys. Uh, Wiggins is only 23. I think this is his fourth year now. So, hmm. you know, his his potential is still there. You know, he's still got like three, four years before he even really hits his, uh, his prime. He did win Rookie of the Year in, in, uh, in his first season. So he, de- he definitely has shown flashes. Um, and he had, you know, decent improvement in those first two to three years. And then he sort of dropped off this season um, when they were making the playoff push. Um, and, you know, when you think about him in the context of the rest of the guys who were in his draft, that 2014 draft, you're looking at guys like Joel Embiid and Jabari Parker, Aaron Gordon, Marcus Smart, you know, uh, Sarge, Zach Levine, TJ Warren, Rodney Hood, Quint Capella, Jokic. I mean, we're seeing a lot of guys that have had injury problems, um, especially with Embiid and Jabari, and Zach Levine. And so, you know, I think, you know, putting up maybe, you know, 20 points, four rebounds, it's just not really the right fit. I think he needs to go east where he can do more um, with sort of less. Um, but there's been a lot of talks that maybe he's been a bust, um, you know, with, with you know, the Cavs don't usually draft very well. Uh, Anthony Bettick kind of comes to mind. But I guess before we jump into, you, you know, maybe where Wiggins should go um, or if he should stay at Minnesota, um, what's your what's your kind of take on his career so far? Is he, is he a bust? I'm not ready to put him in the bust bucket yet. I, I feel Good. like he's got he's got some potential. You know, he's first off, he's you know young, only 23. I, you know, he came out into the draft I think as one of the youngest in his class. Uh, he's six eight, so very good size, uh, very good athleticism. Not 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 the strong kind of athleticism. You know, the more explosive type. Really more of a dunker, driver type character, not so much a 3 and D, which I think Minnesota yeah. wants him to be. It's more of a yeah, he was really t- he was really touted as like a less athletic LeBron, I think, coming out of college. Um, 
So his expectations were always really high. He did. He had probably some of the highest expectations uh, in a while, actually. You know, there that whole draft was. It was you know, oh, do you take him beat if he's injured, or it's Jabari and Wiggins, and then somehow Wiggins kind of gained a ton of momentum as we got closer to that draft, and he, I don't think he's, you know, relative to his top three. He's lost to Embiid. I think he's about tied with Jabari, probably a little bit better because he's actually played games. But uh, 20 and 4, just, you know, that's not the greatest. His, you know, his, his free throw shooting is not the greatest. His, he gets these open threes he just can't make. Uh, a lot of his, like, uh, playmaking IQ really needs some work. And the Tibbs formula isn't the greatest for developing a playmaking IQ. For certain, so I, I think you're you're on the right track here. It might just be, hey, we need to get this guy maybe a different atmosphere, um, maybe a little bit different tools around him while he's on the court. Um, it really depends on whether we want to make him more of a playmaker, more of a you know drive and score and kick guy, or uh, maybe we want to just make him a three and D character. So I think depending on how you view what he can still mold into really changes where he might go in your opinion yeah i think the thing that almost kind of hurts him in in some respects is that he just came off his uh his rookie contract um and he didn't really have a great year in terms of the stats um and he didn't really show you know in the in the playoff in the playoffs um but he is he has signed an extension um five years almost 150 million dollars so on paper, Minnesota is very invested in him, uh, but you're also going to have Carl Anthony Towns come up um, on the last year of his rookie contract, so he's going to be looking to get paid. Uh, you know, you're going to have Jimmy Butler coming up pretty soon. He's on this god awful Gorgie Dang contract. So, you know, for the for the T Wolves, um, I think yeah, if they can find a way of getting him to develop his jump shot. Um, particularly from three, that helps to kind of space out the floor a lot for uh, Jimmy, Hodge Gibson, Carl uh, Anthony. So, or um, you put him in a six-man spot where he can kind of get that second unit to himself and be the driver there. Um, you know, maybe he needs the ball in his hands. Um, another place I like, um, and I'm interested to hear your opinion on this, is what if he goes back to his uh, homeland? Uh, he goes back to Canada. He plays for Toronto. New coach, kind of a new situation, a little bit of a different style. Now they're focused on uh, analytics a lot more than under Dwayne Casey. Um, you know, you saw Kyle Lowry and DeRozan, Alan Chunis. Um, how, how do you see the Maple Jordan returning to uh, Toronto? I like it for the storyline idea. However, I'm not sure if you won't run into a similar problem that he's dealing with in in the Minnesota land. So you've got, you know, a, a, a relatively veteran point guard. You've got a scoring wing already. And you've got a power forward slash center that do demand a, a respectable amount of shots. It's just those are combined in Minnesota because Gorgie Deng doesn't take shots split up with Valanciunas and Ibaka. 
so i'm not i'm not a big fan of it um no toronto also has this weird set of like wings that kind of just sit on the bench that i feel like are also you know six seven six eight athletic dudes like uh like norman powell and uh yeah i, I i'm not feeling it in terms of of a, a new direction for him other than going home yeah i don't know if uh the money situation really pans out um but it would be, you know, maybe nice. It's kind of like the spotlight's a little bit off. It's a little bit more of his own team. Maybe he can kind of come into his own as uh, Lowry especially kind of tails off now in his career. Um, another thing he could do is return, maybe not to his country, but return to Cleveland. Um, how do you see a potential package or a deal being worked out in Cleveland? This is a tough one. Um, it's probably going to have to involve Jr. or Thompson somehow. I would expect. Who wants Jr.? I would expect Jr. Uh, mostly because <laughs> I don't think LeBron ever wants to play with him again. So imagine if you just swap Jr. for Wiggins. I feel like I like that team a little bit better with Wiggins. Yeah, I mean, you know, does he really help that team kind of be a contender? I don't know. Like. LeBron and Wiggins, basically about the same height. I think LeBron's like 6'9 or 6'10, so maybe a little bit bigger than Wiggins. Um, they're both kind of that small forward spot. I, I don't really see where Wiggins can go um, unless you just put him as like this huge two guard, but that, that doesn't really fit because they still don't really have a point guard on this team. Um, but maybe you throw in that number eight pick and it's, you know, you draft a point guard, you have Wiggins, you have LeBron, maybe just on sheer talent, you can kind of make it work. Um, how would you feel about Wiggins kind of swapping back for Kevin Love going back to Minnesota, you know, kind of reverse 2014 trade? I'd like to even double the offer by saying, let's get Kevin Love and Kyle Korver in Minnesota for two reasons. One, you get Ky uh, Kyle Korver back with good old Tibbs and D Rose, make some old hot sauce again. Ooh, two, yes. you can re uh, you know, resurrect the, uh, the post post-monster that was Kevin Love, and you can move Towns over to center. You just slot him in the starting lineup. I feel like it'd be... I feel like that Ooh, would like do that. strictly better for that team. Uh, but for the Cavs, however, I feel like you're going to need some picks. You're probably going to need... Um, you're going to need something else in there. I don't know what they give besides Wiggins a pick. Maybe you give D. Rose back. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you give Jeff Teague over? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Maybe Jamal, yeah. Jamal Crawford? I don't know. Yeah, uh, the two things I really like about it are I like Kevin Love being at the four, Carl Anthony Towns being at the five. I think that's going to help Kevin Love, you know, um, his old Minnesota days. He had Pekovic down there at the number five spot, and Love was obviously, like, one of the top ten players in the league, so I think that really helps. Number two, I think if Le even if LeBron leaves, I think it's a good trade for Cleveland. You have Wiggins, you have the number eight, maybe you got a guard from Minnesota, um, and you can start rebuilding in this kind of, maybe not this year, but definitely in two years, we're kind of back in the playoffs. So even if LeBron leaves, I still like that deal. Um, yeah. You know, uh, another place that I kind of think may pan out, may not, you know, kind of this, like, 90% probably would be a, a failure. 10%, you know, you got to kind of do it. Uh, Brooklyn, um, they're kind of notorious for 
taking on bad contracts, um, Mozgov, um, as well as obviously a few years ago with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Um, I'm not really sure what they're doing with their roster. You know, they got D'Angelo Russell, Julia Okafor, Alan Crabb, Mozgov, Damari Carroll, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, it just seems like a really confusing lineup. I'm not really sure if they're tanking, if they're going for the playoffs, they're trying to make moves down the line. Um, I think you just throw Wiggins in there. You, you know, you just keep throwing enough money and talent at the problem. Eventually, they'll figure it out. But yeah, it's I'm that's not very on. fun looking. I, I, <laughs> I don't think anyone really has a great idea of what the hell is going on in that Brooklyn Brooklyn offices. I feel like it's a lot of all right. We got these bad contracts. Let's just kind of uh, you know. Uh, percolate some talent in the background for for a year or two while these contracts expire type deal yeah like do, do you think they're taking on these bad contracts like purposefully or are they just this like incompetent well you know they grabbed Mozgov off of the that one season with Cleveland where they went to the title right yeah they grabbed Alan Crabb off of uh, Portland I believe yeah Portland yeah they 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 offer. It's like they're picking up everybody's parts. spare parts. Yeah, it's it's. It feels like everybody's spare parts, right? You're just taking whoever gets kind of lost in the trade mix from another team. Who uh who do you think has a worse situation, uh, Brooklyn or the Knicks? Oh, I think the Knicks have a worse situation. Yeah, they have too much uh, too much promise around them now. It's like they, you're gonna get let down. I feel like. Like Brooklyn, I don't think anyone expects anything for for like at least ten years. So it's like, <laughs> well, I just go here or play. I see Jay Z every night. I agree. Uh, all right. So so if we actually care about Wiggins, I don't. I don't think we send him to Brooklyn. Um, maybe instead of sending him north of the border, we send him down south. Um, first stop maybe in the south, Miami. I do like this flip of maybe flipping Whiteside for Wiggins. I think it makes sense from a Miami point of view, but not from a Minnesota point of view, just because you're taking on a huge contract in Whiteside and you kind of already have that redundancy with Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Yeah, um, I like the idea of, hey, if you put him on that team, he'd be better, but having to make a trade work, I'm not I'm not seeing it. Plus, you got, you got Dion Waiters coming back. I know people forgot about him, but he kind of filled the same spot. So, yeah, it would be. I mean, I think uh, Miami has kind of an interesting front court with Wiggins, uh, Bam Adebayo, and Kelly Olynyk. Um, relatively young, relatively kind of um, like smaller guys um, at those kind of forward spots. You know, it's kind of a, kind of a small front court, but maybe they make it work. Um, you know, in the South, there is one team that does come to mind. It makes a lot of sense uh, for both sides. Um, I think it's also one of the more exciting uh, free agency spots that's going to be around for the next two, three years. And that would be uh, uh, Wiggins being a member of the Charlotte Hornets. Um, give me your first impression, and then we'll uh, we'll try and figure out the map. So uh, if, if you're looking at this from, from what Charlotte wants... Uh, Charlotte wants money, so I don't know how this is going to work in that regard. But however, 
I think putting Wiggins on this team is actually pretty nice because they've had a problem with like this sort of two two guard and small forward spot for a while now with Batum and then you know they drafted Malik Monk but I don't think they're a hundred percent confident in him yet you know they played Michael Kigilchrist but that's no offense you know they've played played some some Michael Carter Williams but that's no offense <laughs> uh so they just kind of need some offensive, consistent offensive player at that two and three spot on the floor, and I think, I think, uh, I think Wiggins would provide that. And not only that, but let's say Batum gets thrown in the mix somehow, just to make the money work, and you put Batum with Butler. That's a nice two-three defensive tandem. Batum isn't super ball dominant; he's a better three-point shooter. Uh, I think it. I think that works pretty well for both sides. Yeah. So you know, uh, yesterday or maybe the day before, you know, Jalen and Jacoby, Jacoby was talking about LeBron being a, a member of the Charlotte Hornets. But what if you take a guy who's 10 years younger, plays the same position, maybe not quite as, uh, as well-rounded out, but you put him on this Charlotte team with Kemba Walker. You know, Kemba Walker, 28 years old, um, pretty much on that edge of being all-star, but really just needs a team so he can you know, consistently stay up there. Um, only making about $12 million a year, so you know it's, it's probably the best contract they actually have on the board. And I do like Wiggins in this kind of offense. I think he gets a little bit more freedom. Uh, I think he could play well with Kemba, who kind of alleviates the scoring burden a little bit. Um, doesn't really improve their defense, but that's fine. They don't really have any to begin with. Um, the problems are really in the in the contract department. Um, Dwight Howard's still on a one year, I think twenty four million dollars left. Um, obviously, Batum has that heavy contract, but maybe you flip that with Wiggins. Uh, Marvin Williams, why is he even in the NBA? Bad contract. MKG, bad contract. Cody Zeller, all bad contracts. Um, one thing you could do is pull in a uh, Derrick Rose. Um, you know, vet minimum, I think, is what he's basically planned for. Um, you know, nothing more than $3 million anyway. Um, bring him in for one year, let him play with Kemba and Wiggins, and see if you can find just something positive out of that team. Just, um, you know, that, that city definitely needs it. Um, they're also kind of in this prime. They're too good to, you know, not get caught in the lottery, but they're not good enough really to make the playoffs. But maybe Wiggins kind of bumps them up a few spots. Um and just to kind of round out this segment on Wiggins with kind of wild speculation as well as maybe fanciful hope, um, I'll give you two teams, one in the West, one in the East, um, that maybe uh, Wiggins kind of throws in there, don't look too hard at the map, didn't really think about it, but West, uh, Portland Trailblazers, they had a lot of playoff disappointment. Um, potential lineup could be Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Wiggins and Nurkic. Um, the rest of the roster is still pretty good. There's a lot of that kind of small forward, power forward spot. Um, you know, would you would you be excited to see Wiggins in Portland? Uh, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of it. I feel like Portland really just needs a three and D small forward, power forward, and uh, they have a bunch of people that don't really do that. And <laughs> I'm not certain that Wiggins can really do that. So uh, I like that he can fit there, but uh, 
you know, maybe the maybe the trade will work out with some combination of picks and small forwards, but uh, I'm just I'm just not not seeing it from from a realism perspective. All right, uh, so if I'm Minnesota, I'm looking for a three and D guy, and I'm probably not going to find that in Wiggins. Where I am going to find it is in Robert Covington of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I, I like you know getting Covington to go to Minnesota. He helps out our team, and I like Wiggins on this, you know, bereft of young talent. Embiid, uh, Ben Simmons, you know, it kind of takes the scoring burden off Ben Simmons a little bit more, and also maybe faults. Um, but what do you what do you think about? Uh, I kind of like this. Um, you know, I think people figured out in the playoffs that Covington's maybe the worst player on this team, which is kind of sad because he was pretty great in the regular season for the past two years. Um, I think it could work out in Minnesota. I think you end up with a little bit of a vacuum, though, at small forward, so you have to play, like, Jimmy Butler up one, which uh, I don't think he's a big fan of personally. I think he likes being the two-guard. But I think think skill-wise, it works out pretty well. Uh, If I'm Minnesota, do I also take on Fultz? I I, I think I try to get Fultz out of this deal, too. Ooh. Uh, that that's a good question. I, 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 you know, whatever the heck Philly does in this offseason is going to give us that flag as to what the heck's going on with Fultz. But I, if I'm Philly, I'm not giving up hope on Fultz. All right. Uh, out of, you know, out of those teams, uh, where would you be most sad to see Wiggins? And give me your last kind of thoughts on, uh, on the Canadian sensation. Yeah, you know, this is a player that, I assume people aren't talking about because of his contract. However, he he is questionable. He's up for that time of we do a 2014 redraft. Where does he go? Type deal. And you know, I'll I'll wait for some professional analysis on this. But from the trades presented today, I like the Charlotte deal the best. Yeah, I think that's definitely where uh, where it makes the most sense. Um, and you know sometimes you just gotta you just gotta roll the dice, um, make the money work somehow. And I think they gotta give this kid a shot. He's got about three to four years before you know we really start digging into uh, his uh, his career as an NBA player. He's still young. He's got a good body. There's a lot of upside, and maybe some team just has to give him a chance. But speaking of teams that have given a player a chance. The famous one half of Lob City, Mr. Blake Griffin himself, is up next on our trading shenanigans show. So, of course, Blake Griffin, 29 years old, a 6'10 power forward, uh, you know, all-star, big part of that LA Clippers run for for those couple years there, uh, drafted in 09. Of course, he was injured right away, and he was kind of one of those first kids that was part of this rookie of the year debate. Um, and really he's had some huge contracts and a ton of disappointing playoff runs uh, combined with a ton of you know, season hampering injuries. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. It's, it's like injuries. He had a really good run from 2011 to 2015. Um you know, kind of combined with some of CP3's injuries. Um, but he's also had a lot of injuries that are, you know, kind of lower extremities like knee, quad, 
foot, ankle, MCL. Like, you know, a lot of his uh, his upside as a player, like where his ceiling was going to be, was on athleticism. And I don't really know if he has that. Um, 29 years old, but he doesn't really have that, you know, that explosiveness anymore maybe. Um, obviously, he has been basically sent to uh, Detroit, basically kicked out of the Clippers after signing that huge extension. Um, kind of a sign that no, no, you know, they didn't really have faith in him. Uh, you know, he has shown different kind of aspects of his game that I don't think we normally see from a power forward. Um, specifically when CP3 was injured in some of those games, he sort of transitioned to that point forward kind of spot and uh, did some ball handling, did some passing, and it looked pretty good. Um, but, you know, can he really stay healthy? Um, I think that's kind of a big question as to what's his value kind of out there in the market. Um, so he's currently at, you know, Detroit. Um, how do you, you know, what do you think of the situation in Detroit? Obviously, he was only there for a few games before he got injured again. But, um, you know, should Detroit keep him? Uh, I don't think Detroit should keep this man. His contract's huge, which makes him hard to get rid of. Um... I know Detroit kind of went all in hoping he would turn their season around and a couple other things, but of course everything went wrong. Uh, you know, you, you did mention some of the upsides of Blake. You know, he can do this point forward thing. He can do jump shots now. He's not as, you know, janky athletic post-up as he used to be. But I think a lot of teams are going to have a hard time, you know, wanting to make a deal on someone that's, going to only play like 50 games a year yeah uh i mean detroit's kind of already invested a lot of money in him andre drummond and reggie jackson right that's kind of their core um and obviously they have Dwayne casey coming in filling stan van gundy um as well as i think they're gonna have to have a gm because uh, i'm pretty sure stan van gundy was gm with this as well yeah. yep um and you know another Two players that I like on this team are Ish Smith, who I think, just from a pure you know speed kind of high loss and kind of point of view, he can give you some buckets. He can give you you know four to six minutes you know at the you know in each half, um, as well as Luke Kennard. I think if he can develop his three, that kind of opens up the spacing down below for uh, Drummond and Blake and Reggie Jackson. Um, you know, as well as, like, if you're Detroit, what else can you really do to make moves, you know? I mean, you know, Blake is probably going to be the best player you're going to have this year or next year, you know? You're not going to really be able to bring in a free agent, right? So, you know, do you, do you really want to kind of break the dollar into four quarters to replace Blake? I don't know. Yeah, see, that that's the problem, right, is, is they aren't – they're kind of in that weird Charlotte spot not from a strictly contract spot, but from a, oh, we're good enough to not be a lottery team, but bad enough to not make the playoffs. They kind of need like, they need like two stars to come in to kind of put them over the bubble. Ooh, that's interesting. So, you know, Blake in, in LA was, uh, you know, the first option and then CP3 came in and then he became kind of the second option. Do you think Blake Griffin, um, as well as, you know, someone like Paul George, you know, can they be the guy on a team? Or do you really think they have to be like that second um, or maybe even third option in order to be a, a playoff contender or 
um, put together a, a you know playoff run? I'd say no, mostly because you know when you watch Blake play, I, I just have a hard time feeling good about hey, let's give the ball to Blake and have him make a play, or let's let's play through Blake for this quarter, or let's you know tie game with like two minutes left. You know who are you gonna go to? Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, Blake. Like I I don't like going to any of those guys, so. Yeah, I, I just I, I think Blake needs a a go to scorer on his team, and then it'll just open up the floor for him again. Yeah, so I mean, the big thing between him and Wiggins is is, is kind of age and injury, right? Like Blake has kind of been through this kind of attrition period the last few years, um, and so you know, I, I kind of wonder, you know, he's kind of middle middle of his prime, maybe of career. Um, you, you know, it's kind of you know, I've never really been a big fan of Blake, um, even coming out of college. You know, I just didn't really know what he could offer besides um, just athleticism. Um, if you look at the guys, you know, kind of in this draft, like James Harden, Ricky Rubio, Steph, DeRozan, I mean, you know, this this uh, draft was very guard-heavy. And so, you know, I don't know, you know, if, if Blake is really going to be the guy anywhere and maybe he should kind of focus on being a really good vet uh, somewhere. Um, well, let's let's dive into a few different options. Um, I'm not really a fan of him going anywhere, so let's kind of throw these out. Uh, Washington, Washington needs to get big. Um, they do need to get a little bit younger um, since they have Gortat on the squad. Um, you know, how do you see like a Wall, Beal, Blake Griffin, Gore, and Washington? I like the idea of a a good pick and roll power forward with Wall and Beal, guy that can kind of pace and space a little bit, you know, get you twenty and twenty uh, every now and then. Um, I'm not sure, how, you know, if you want to get rid of Marquis for Ko or Otto Porter Jr. Um, and I'm not sure how it's worth it for the Pistons. They kind of have like this weird small forward log jam over there too with like Stanley Johnson uh somebody else too um so I I, I don't know I'm just not sure what, what how Detroit gets anything good out of this deal yeah I mean I think if, if, I'm, if I'm Washington I, I think you sell Kelly right I think he's coming off a good year where his value in the market could be higher than maybe it necessarily should be so I think you should try and um, kind of sell him out there a little bit, as well as Otto Porter Jr. Um, and, you know, I don't know if, if Blake really adds a lot to that team, but I think he gives them more than Markeith Morris, Kelly Uber, and Otto Porter are going to give them. Um, from Detroit's point of view, you know, I think it really comes down to, you know, doing Casey can get, you know, get more out of guys. I mean, we've seen that with Kyle Lowry. Um, so maybe you can kind of take, Kelly Oubre and Otto Porter Jr. kind of a next level. Um, you know, I just, you know, it's, it's kind of a no-win situation um, either way. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of a dead deal, but it's kind of one of those where, you know, you talk about it and maybe this gets done just with poor, you know, Wizards management. Um, another place which has uh, had its frustrations with uh, drafting and free agency in the last few years is Orlando. Um, 
currently Orlando has 13 different forwards on this team. Uh, so throwing in Blake would only be number 14. Um, kind of a weird mix of talent, um, maybe some washed up talent. Um, and, you know, there's nobody on this team who really screams, you know, big contracts, apart from maybe Aaron Gordon right now. So they do have a lot to work with. Um, but what, give me your take on uh, Blake Griffin in Orlando possibly next season. Um, it, it'd have to be an, it would be a weird move from Detroit, I feel like. It'd have to, it would resemble to me a, uh, oh, we're going to tank this year type deal. So we're going to, Gonna trade Blake to Orlando and try and get some of these younger assets like, like Mario or Evan or maybe you can get Aaron Gordon out of this somehow if you do some kind of package deal. But we know that a lot of the guys in Orlando are kind of getting washed up. You know, we've got a Terrence Ross, you know, of of Raptors fame. We've got Mo Spates, the former Warrior. We've got you know even. Bismack Biombo from the Raptors uh, last year, two ago. Um, heck, we even have Jonathan Isaac, who is probably one of the biggest <laughs> draft busts of this year. And we even have Jonathan Simmons, Kawhi Jr. himself. So it's it's a uh, signal to me that they would be going for a rebuild. And, you know, with hiring Dwayne, I don't see them necessarily trying to do a rebuild season unless... You know, maybe at the All-Star break, they're just like, screw it, we're going to start over. Yeah, this is like a, a deal I could see being done, you know, like you said, like way later in the year. Because um, at some point for Orlando, you got to, you know, you got to bottom out, right? They've, they've basically kind of been in tank mode ever since Dwight left. Um, you know, they kind of had Oladipo, but they weren't really able to get him going. Um, and kind of since then, they've basically just been in, in you know, bottom of the league purgatory. So maybe this is the move to kind of say, you know what, we're going to put an end to this. We're going to get Blake. We're going to use him as a piece. We're going to bring in a guard or draft a guard and you know start kind of climbing back up the ranks a little bit. You know, it is the Eastern Conference. It's a, it's a weak-ass conference. Like, you know, you put together a, a decent amount of talent and you can do something with it. Um, you know, another kind of wild card spot, I think, is uh, Atlanta. Um, they have Dennis Schroeder, who uh, I think is coming off an injury year. Um, and, you know, they don't really have a lot there. They have a new coach in Lloyd Pierce. Um, I think Plumlee's their only real major asset at $25 million for, for the next two years. Um, maybe Kent Bazemore. But, you know, I think if you put Dennis Schroeder and Blake Griffin, you know, now you're kind of starting to talk and maybe you can kind of work your way back up. Um, Anywhere else on the map that you see Blake possibly going, or you know, how do you kind of feel about him in Atlanta possibly, or is it just kind of he's basically stuck in Detroit? You know, the economics don't work out, the team chemistry doesn't work out anywhere else. Yeah, I'm I'm having a hard time with this one. Uh, it feels weird to me because it feels like you know three years ago, oh man, Blake would fit great here, here, and here. You know, he's a point four, he can shoot it. He's almost LeBron, but you know, it's just I'm just not seeing it, man. It's it's like the Blake stock is really tanking this year. You know, dump your Blake coin. Yeah, I I just 
he only really works is if somebody out there actually wants him. Like if there's if there's a, a guy who has some leverage on a team and he actually wants Blake to come in. Otherwise, I, I don't see him moving out of Detroit. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I don't want to say Houston could be an option because I feel like there's just too much bad blood with Chris Paul and, and losing <laughs> to the Rockets and some of the other guys on that team. But it would fit Ryan Anderson, and you know they want to get rid of him somehow. That's a good point, yeah. I mean, Ryan Anderson, Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond, at least you're, you know, you're kind of decently putting together a team there. And, you know, Blake probably helps out that Houston team, especially if you keep his minutes down. I think that's part of his injury problems, kind of seeing the CP3. I think they just get run to the ground. But I don't think it's helped with Mike D'Antoni as a coach. Is there anywhere else this guy could go? Maybe go back to LA somehow? Go to the Lakers, maybe? He seems like an LA kind of guy. The the only other thing I, I see, and this only works if 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 Westbrook leaves to go to LA, um, is him going to OKC, kind of that Oklahoma, you know, home kind of connection, you know. Maybe he gets a bump just kind of being back there, but um you know, I, I don't really see anyone being able to build a team around him. And if I'm a playoff contender, you know, maybe on that edge of being in the playoffs or not, you know, maybe you kind of pull in Blake, you know, around the uh, all-star break trading. But if I'm a serious title contender, I mean, I just don't see it right now. So you, you almost alluded to a great segue there, and that is what if Blake went to OKC and just got straight up traded for our next special guest, Carmelo Anthony? So Carmelo, of course, being the 34-year-old uh, <laughs> national championship winner from Syracuse, was six eight. Is played, a legend. <laughs> played power forward, small forward. Uh, he even goes by Hoodie Mellow, uh, Olympic Mellow, even at times. Uh, has really tanked this past year. Uh, been exposed multiple times on defense. Not doing rotations, just getting ISO'd and crossed up uh he's even been tanking on offense he can't hit his corner threes he can't hit his step in threes he can't you know his drives are all looking very weak he can't dunk it really anymore um this is this is definitely the decline of the mellow yeah i i think this is uh you know kind of the showcase with him and Dwayne wade of uh, guys who have basically aged um, and are kind of on their way out of the NBA but can still put up those vintage nights, right? Like, I still wouldn't write off Melo giving me eight games next year, uh, you know, 25 and, you know, seven or eight boards. Um, but, I mean, the big thing at his career right now is he can't really play defense, and that doesn't really help any, you know, title contending team, especially some, something like Oklahoma City. He could hit threes. We just didn't see it in that uh, series against the Jazz. But I think he's also a bit out of shape. You know, he just he doesn't really run the way that he, he needs to, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, you're on to something there. He he doesn't look as fit as he did even a year ago back in yeah. back in New York. So I, I think... Yeah, I think, I, I think he's got to get with his buddy LeBron and, uh, you know, find that banana boat, you know, lean... A banana boat uh, body workout special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, 
you know, again with Mello, I've never really been a huge fan of Mello. I've always thought he was a bit overrated. Um, and, and the thing that I always kind of bring up is, you know, he's kind of known just to be a scorer, and he, he's good at scoring. But he's only won the scoring title once, and that was in the 2012-2013 season. Obviously, the Knicks were really good that year. I think they were like the number two seed or something, number three seed. I think they were three, and that was the uh, Amari year where he punched a fire extinguisher and lost in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So it's like... For a guy who's kind of known to score, you know, Kevin Durant has kicked his ass um, kind of throughout his career. So I don't I don't know if he's ever really brought that to the table as much as uh, um, they said. But, you know, it's basketball. Everyone still needs scoring. Um, I think the big thing with him kind of with Blake is his contract situation. Um, he's got one year left with OKC, and he's looking at $28 million. I can't really see him leaving get paid less when he doesn't really have that much of a, a trade value out there. Um, I guess before we, we start, you know, playing the mellow map hopping game, uh, you know, kind of, kind of a couple questions here, you know, is, is mellow still a starter? Is he still, a, you know, starting caliber player? Um, I'm not, I'm not sold on, you know, maybe if he gets back in shape, it's a, a nice defensive scheme going somehow. Yeah, he could start. Now, it's almost like starting Dwayne Wade. It's like, you know, he's not going to get it on defense every time anymore. Mm-hmm. Not that Melo was ever a great defender, but, you know, you're, you're kind of playing that gamble of, oh, man, if his you know legs feel good tonight, he'll play D. Yeah. Do, you, do you think, like, Melo has... You know, is he is he too too proudful? You know, too too much pride to come off a bench. Honestly, it, he, it wouldn't surprise me. He's kind of the he's kind of the guy that's like, oh, I'm gonna get my money. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a pride guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I feel like he should start taking the you know post Celtics Paul Pierce route of you know 14 million a year. Maybe start like twenty-eight minutes a game. Eventually, come off the bench as the matchup requires, and hit big yeah. shots when you have to, and then just always be able to hit those big shots. Yeah, I kind of wonder if he has to follow. I like Paul Pierce. Uh, maybe like Joe Johnson. You know, kind of what he's done with different teams. Um, you know, in Miami and uh, Utah and Houston. Um, kind of lately as okay so how many years do you think Mello really has left because if I'm if I'm you know another team looking to pick up Mello you know how many years can I can I look at getting good Mello you got like I think a year and a half of good Mello left and then you got two years and he's gone because he's 34 right now right so I'm thinking 37 is probably when he's just gone I don't see him staying until 40 had a lot of shoulder problems and a you know he's gonna he's gonna progressively lose the muscle and everyone else is getting stronger and faster um all right so okc you know just for fun let, let, let's let's cross okc off the list let's say he actually cares about you know maybe a title or um helping out a team come taking on that vet role instead of just getting paid um, 
you know, he could be a, a LeBron follower, um, Cleveland, Houston, LA. Um, what are the chances that, you, that he just kind of follows wherever LeBron goes? I think it's actually reasonable. And, hey, I mean, it has to go around him just saying, hey, you know what, LeBron, I just want to win a ring. Because that's pretty much what he's got left to live for. That and, yeah. well, you know, wherever his kids want to play basketball. Because his kids are, are starting to get to that high school age, too. Um, so, you know, you could tack him on, be that third option, maybe in some sort of Paul George, LeBron, Mellow deal, or well, all these other crazy triple threat LeBron deals going around. Yeah, there there are two things that I like with uh, a LeBron Mellow kind of pairing. One is LeBron could probably get a better version of Mellow that you know doesn't really exist, but he can kind of pull it out of them. Um, kind of like what we saw in Dwayne Wade kind of in 2013, 2014 on some nights where it was like, I know your knees are basically shot, but I need you to kind of get it going. Um, so maybe that's kind of something we could see. As well as, you know, LeBron's probably just looking for someone who can just help him out in terms of score, in the scoring load. Um, or at least, you know, some, some ball handling, you know, a guy that we can kind of give a ball to and I can kind of take this offensive possession off. Um, you got to look at it from like an upgrade of J.R. Smith, you know, he can basically play that J.R. Smith role, you know, pretty shot defense, um, get you some threes. And yeah. that's kind of it. I mean, the, the quick and easy answer to this is, Hey, you can do Kevin love for Carmelo straight up, or Hey, you can do, you know, Carmelo for Ryan Anderson straight up, or Hey, you can do, you know, blue all for Carmelo straight up. And, all those are destinations that LeBron can be at next year reasonably, and they all work out money-wise very cleanly. Yeah, so so Houston, I think, is kind of intriguing, um, only because of how close they were to that title, um, and specifically in Game 7, where at one stretch they went 0 for 27 from 3. You know, I got to say, if, if Carmelo's taking 10 of those, He's gonna make at least three, at least thirty percent. Like at least you get three, and that might swing you game seven. Um, I also feel like you can play him in that series rather than play Ryan Anderson and not feel as bad about it. <laughs> All right, yeah, I agree. I think he's definitely like you know, if, if Melo's really serious about getting the title, um, you know, kind of hooking up with his banana boat brother CP3. Kind of fitting into a system that I think makes more sense for him. I mean, Mike D'Antoni and that, you know, um, run and gun offense kind of suits him a little bit more um, than other destinations. I think Houston, you know, take the pay cut, go to Houston, you know, see what happens. If anything, you can at least rebound your image a little bit and go back out in the open market for maybe the last years. Um, another place I you know, don't really see, but I think it's worth talking about is Milwaukee, um, or as uh, some some of its residents have been uh, calling it, Milwaukee. Um, you got Jabari Parker, Thon Maker, and a lot of other pretty good options, pretty good talent to uh, put together a package to make the money situation work out with Melo. Um, Melo and Giannis, what do you see there? I'm seeing a basically getting the same player back type deal like uh i feel like you know jabari parker 
uh, very much touted as a Carmelo type player, basically is Carmelo from a little more modernized. Uh, obviously, he's got some more years in the tank, but he also has some crazy knee injuries he's been dealing with. So I'm not sold on getting rid of Parker yet. I'm not sold on getting rid of Maker yet. I don't I really like have a, a three-team three deal would make this work the best. They don't really have a three-point shooter though, and on that Milwaukee team. But is Melo really a three-point shooter anymore? Like, uh, we, it didn't work out this year for Olympic Melo. Yeah, I mean, what else is he going to give you though? Um, I think he just gives you some scoring. I mean, um, and you know, he obviously he's he doesn't really help out the Bucks defensively, but I think that gets you know, kind of rectified by Budenholzer. I think Budenholzer can kind of find a way of getting more out of Melo. Um, in Atlanta, we saw him do this with Millsap and Kyle Korver. Um, you know, guys are a little bit older, but somehow managed to still, you know, play like all-stars. Um, so maybe this is kind of like last destination for Melo. Milwaukee. You got to realize a lot of people don't want to be in Milwaukee or even our next place, Minnesota. Just not fun places to hang around all the time. However, with Minnesota, at least, you could uh, you know, maybe get rid of Gorgie Dang, maybe get rid of uh, Jamal Crawford or something like that. You could potentially space the floor more, move Cat over to that center spot. Uh, maybe just trade straight up for Wiggins. Maybe you, maybe you don't. Um, I, I like the Minnesota fit a little bit better than Milwaukee fit. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the thing there is my Gorgie Dang contract. But I do, I do think... Uh... Pat, Butler, Taj Gibson, Jeff Teague, Mello. Not a bad lineup. Definitely at least like a, a lineup that can give some teams some trouble. Maybe not Golden State or Houston, but um, it, it kind of at least throws them back in the mix. You know, maybe they move up higher in the seating, get a better matchup in the West. You know, if they're facing a, a Portland or a Utah, you know, I think they would do a lot better. Um, Obviously, Carl Anthony Towns coming up on a contract year, so Minnesota, you know, they have to find a way of kind of keeping Cat, right? He's only made the playoffs once, and that was an A seed. Um, and it's like if they don't really modestly improve, you know, Cat might go out into the open market, um, in which case then you've lost, you know, maybe, you know, two talents and, and Wiggins and Cat, and you're kind of left with uh, Butler and Gibson and, you know, this kind of – old Chicago kind of style team. Yeah, I'm not sure if that style of team is just is going to beat the Warriors ever. Like, if the Warriors didn't exist, I would say that's a pretty solid team, but it, I just feel like they just can't keep up with the, uh, the offensive power of that. Yeah, I don't think they make the jump to, to take on the Warriors, but, you know, kind of that second tier of, of West, you know, with, Warriors, Rockets are obviously tier one, um, you know, that kind of immediate title contention. But right below that, you got a you got an interesting mix of, of teams in the West, right? New Orleans, Minnesota, Utah, Portland, OKC, um, potentially an LA team. So, you know, maybe Minnesota can kind of be that next team up um, because, you know, the Rockets are kind of starting to age a little bit out, as well as their cap situation is a bit dire. And then same with the Warriors, you know, Draymond, Clay, Katie, you know, eventually the economics of that team is going to fall apart. 
Um, all right, last on the list, um, kind of a sleeper pick of mine, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Mark Cuban has said he wants to be in playoff contention next season after basically putting on the tank. Um, you know, they don't really have any intriguing talent outside of Dennis Smith Jr. You know, I think Harrison Barnes, Wesley Matthews, a little overrated. Uh, Dirk is obviously basically on his last legs here. Um, might even retire. Um, what, what do you think about uh, Dallas being in the mix for Melo? Uh, you know, I like the, the property tax aspect. I like the... <laughs> You know, it's a, it's a decent place to retire. You play with a great coach. Melo hasn't really had a superstar coach uh, in a long time. Um, I think that will help him out a bit too. It's kind of they could just you know run some of that Dirk playbook for him, and he'd probably do all right. Um, but man, I have uh, you know if you look at Dallas though as just an organization, they've pretty much been the one of the worst. You know, front office GM teams in the past ten years. Oh, more so. They they locked into that one championship in 2011, um, and then they said, "Hey, but... we're not going to resign anybody," and they <laughs> yeah, threw and it even, all away. Yeah, and even before that, right in uh, what 05, uh, they didn't sign Nash again. They let him walk, and instead they spent the money on an Eric Dampier. Golly. Like, yeah, I mean, he threw away a two-time MVP for Eric Dampier. Um, the only real reason I think Melo should go here is, you know, the last couple of years he's been put on some weight. You know, maybe if he really does care about his tax situation, you know, there's no state income tax, so he can get to keep his money. So maybe he doesn't sign for 28, but he said signs for, like, 22, 23. I mean, it's basically working out the same amount of money, I think. Um and, you know, Dallas has got, got a lot of good spots. You know, he could basically eat his fat self out of the league, um, you know, kind of like how Dwayne Wade tried in Cleveland. Um, yeah, it'd, you know, be, it be it'd be a retirement, last... a retirement destination right there. Exactly. Um, all right, so we've talked about Andrew Wiggins, Blake Griffin, and Carmelo Anthony. Um, out of those three guys, you know, who do you see kind of having the best season next year? I think Blake and Sneaky have the best season. I think it's, you know, good good stats, bad team type deal. I feel like mm -hmm. that that could up his stock. Maybe he'll get traded at the All-Star break or something like that. I think the likely to trade, though, uh, is probably Mello right now just because, you know, one-year uh, contract works out pretty well with a couple of reasonable destinations. But I think what should happen is I think Wiggins should go somewhere else. I feel like that's like... The best for him type deal and you know we want to see generally see people succeed so i feel like he he should go to any of those places charlotte being the best we we've talked about today and just try and kind of re reinvent himself a little bit yeah i agree all right and uh with that that will end our little discussion today i i hope you all enjoyed another great episode of heart in the paint podcast uh, of course, you can find uh, our emails for questions, comments, and concerns, or or any sorts of fun facts uh, down in the description below. You can follow us on SoundCloud and the YouTubes. 
And of course, today we'd like to shout out our viewer of the Fortnite, Aurelio Bellotti. We put in this Charlotte tree just for you, and I hope you appreciate it. And with that, we'll be back uh, next week for some more interesting trade topics and, of course, the draft that comes up Thursday. So we'll be sure to talk about that and our our pre-draft and, our, of course, our post-draft reactions. Yeah, get hype. So with that, everybody, have a great weekend.